Welcome to the Next Level Communications podcast, the show that explores how to have more meaningful conversations and make real connections in business and in life. I'm your host, Eloise Leeson, founder of Olin, a Next Level Communication Consultancy. As a linguist, I'm passionate about helping people improve their ability to communicate. And on the show, we'll be discussing ideas and strategies to help you close the gap between what you think you're saying and what is actually being received by your customers. Effective communication takes empathy, self-awareness, and a commitment to seeing things from another person's perspective. My goal with this show is to get you talking about talking, thinking about brand, considering your language, and most importantly, focusing on that other person. Communication is at the heart of all relationships. My hope is that this show will help you nurture your connections through more conscious, impactful conversations. I am so glad that you are here. Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Next Level Communications podcast with myself, Eloise Leeson. I'm so glad that you are back, especially after we launched our first episode last week. Thank you to everybody for your kind comments, your kind thoughts, your feedback and just showing up. It honestly means the world. So thank you for being daymakers every day of last week. Um, I'm so excited to, to be speaking with you all today around branding, which is one of my favorite issues. I don't know the fact that I've labeled it as an issue from the offset, maybe not a great sign, but branding is one of my favorite, favorite topics to talk about. I think it's such a fascinating area in the realm of, well, any business, but specifically as a kind of a place to play, shall we say, for people who work in the comms and marketing space. And everybody, of course, can get super het up about branding. Everyone can, can sort of, I think uh, Giles Edwards and maybe Mark Ritson wrote, and I will clarify that in the show notes, wrote a cracking book called Delusions of Branger, which is a, a really very funny satirical look at what happens when we get too obsessed with brand. But I really wanted to talk about branding today because I think there are so many opportunities missed when it comes to finding a way to be consistent and impactful for your customers. And okay, maybe that doesn't sound like the sexiest thing from the get-go, but I want to talk about branding consistency issues also from your perspective and the impact it has on your business. So I think probably a fairly sensible place to start is to define what it is that we mean by brand and kind of the context that we're going to be talking about this subject in. And so very broadly speaking, I think this is the American Marketing Association who has kind of coined this, um, is that a brand is a name, a term, design, symbol, or any other feature that identifies one seller's goods or services as distinct, we'll come back to that, distinct from those of other sellers. Broadly speaking then, I think this is collar on collar from 2015, branding is then endowing products and services. The act of branding is to endow products and services with the power of brand. And we've all seen that, haven't we? You know, there's Coca-Cola Red that everybody immediately recognizes and the Coca-Cola Christmas advert that we all look for on telly when December rolls around. When we Im imbue, when a brand becomes so powerful that you can take qualities and characteristics of it and apply it to something else, like a jumper or a you know a baseball cap or something like that, people will still recognize what it is. And that that is then that item, that product is then carries or carrying the the power and the the kind of qualities of the brand that it's been branded with. I've said brand too much. Anyway, the point that the, the reason that it's important to talk about branding in this sense, particularly around that piece about distinction, is that it is essential for consumers to have 
access to and to understand um, the, the difference between your brand and someone else's. And this is because of something that we'll get onto called heuristics and that I'm just discovering this area for myself. It's really, really fascinating. But the idea of a brand, that brand should really provide consumers with like a decision-making shortcut or uh, we might use heuristics in terms of saving ourselves the cognitive load of making decisions. But a brand often will go for, say, um, you know, a Heinz beans over regular Tesco's beans in the supermarket because the branding quality of Heinz makes us think that beans are better for some reason. Um, and in reality, maybe it does. I mean, and people will swear blind. My father, especially, not so much about the beans, but about Kellogg's cornflakes. My father will swear blind that he can taste test the difference between Kellogg's cornflakes and regular store brand cornflakes. Um, to the extent that my grandma used to buy them, um, used to keep Kellogg's box, swap out the bag for the store brand, and my dad could still allegedly tell the difference. But the point is, is that we develop relationships with brands. We don't develop relationships necessarily with the people inside Kellogg's, but we do associate them with childhood memories or a particular favorite flavor of cereal. Brands, apart from helping consumers distinguish similar products, Branding strategies also add to a company's reputation. So there's a huge piece in there around the reputation of a company resting and relying on consistency of brand. If you don't like or feel connected to a brand, for example, you probably don't want to work for it. And, and branding becomes so important when we also think about things like, you know, ESG responsibilities, that's environmental, social and governance responsibilities. And we think about the impact that companies are now being called on rightly to have in our world. So let's just dip back to heuristics for a quick second. So a heuristic or an heuristic is a mental shortcut that is commonly used by us people to simplify problems and avoid cognitive overload. They're part of how our brain has evolved over time and how it's wired. And it basically is, is something that allows us to reach relatively reasonable conclusions or solutions to complex problems. Um, I tend to think of this as being focus group of one bias in certain circumstances. So I'm sure we've all had those, those instances where someone has said, oh, well, that possibly can't be true for you because it wasn't true for me and I went through exactly the same situation. We are very guilty of assuming that uh, our experience is true for everybody as it is for us. And that's where things like stereotypes and biases can come out. But Heuristics are helpful to think about in a branding perspective because we are all making decisions about things every single day. So the, the reason I'm, I'm laboring point ever so slightly here is because branding consistency is essential. And one of the biggest issues that I see with my clients um, or my clients come to me for support or I work with larger organizations is that brands have either, um, now bear with me on this one because it's a great metaphor. Um, has anybody seen Adventure Time? Do you know the, come on, it's Adventure Time, come on, tell your friends. Um, it's brilliant. If you haven't watched it, it's a fantastic Sunday morning hangover cartoon. <laughs> Second of all, one of my favorite characters on Adventure Time is Lumpy Space Princess, um, who is a brand in and of her own right. But Lumpy Space Princess uh, basically is sort of the opposite of what you think a princess would be. And the reason that I'm, I'm bringing her up now is because brands that are kind of inconsistent in my head, I call them Lumpy Space Princess brands because the brand itself needs to be a consistent and coherent whole. It has to be um, an experience that resonates with the customer and doesn't create any cognitive dissonance between one experience and another. So your online presence, your website, your social media platform, your, your the 
which colours that you use, the way that you write, and we will get more into the semantic qualities of brand further down the line. But all of these things, all of these factors are so important in forging customer trust. So that's the reason that we have things like brand guidelines. You know, brand, I mean, something like 85%, according to um, Lucid Press, 85% of organisations have reported that they did actually have brand guidelines. Now, those are probably, strictly speaking, design guidelines. They get extra points if some of those veer into tone of voice. But only 30% of those organizations say that those brand guidelines are enforced. And as a result, 77% of brands wind up with off-brand content. Why is this a problem? Well, the inability to provide a consistent brand experience makes it so much harder for, for you, first and foremost, to build brand recognition. And because you haven't created a sense of trust and consistency, it becomes that much more challenging to connect with customers. So we need to avoid lumpy space princess brands, effectively, is what I'm saying here. And one of the, the issues that I see most often is that a business has either... So where does an accidental brand come from? A business has either developed an organic brand over time. Usually these are slightly smaller businesses or, um, you know, solo entrepreneurs, people who started something from scratch and have kind of their voice has been the tone of voice of the business. And the business has now grown larger. There are more people inside the business. And quite naturally, there are varying uh, degrees of difference in tone and in approach and in wording. And that can also be true for design and other visual elements. Or... The brand has been created um, and there have been design guidelines organized and all the rest of it, but we didn't start with language. And that is one of the crucial issues that I see in terms of people feeling detached internally, as in your employees, your colleagues, feeling detached from the overall brand of the business. Maybe they've been sent the design guidelines, but no one ever actually told them why they were important or helped to bring them in, in creating language that was meaningful for them, helping them to make meaning of what your brand was and to be proud of it. So as my dad likes to say, and very rightly, you can never get a second chance at a first impression. Um, inconsistent branding, as we said before, it, it's just confusing. It erodes trust um, and it can reduce purchases, apparently, according to some statistics, by up to 30%. So ensuring that you have visual, verbal, and messaging, linguistic consistency is essential. Um, so let's just have a think about some of the um, areas where this can be symptomatic. So if you're sitting there feeling a bit squirmy, um, it might be that some of these symptoms are helpful for you in saying, well, actually, do I have a branding issue? And one of the most common ones that I find that we'll speak to today is a website, a website that is purposeless or uh, is there because you think you need one, um, which you might do, but it's much better to know why you need one than to not realize what it is and then go about creating copy with a completely inconsistent um, purpose. So let's talk about websites. Let's talk about where these issues come from um, or rather how they present themselves. So often accidental branding or inconsistent branding shows up by having no defined purpose for your website. Now, I'm sure I can say this and you'll all nod your head at some point, is that sometimes we get to websites that look more like online catalogues or encyclopedias than they are engagement tools. Users have to search extensively for the information that they're looking for. It's complete and total information overload. Um, or there's a lack of integration. That's the second one. So a website isn't aligned with marketing or business goals and culture. The focus on maybe a product rather than the actual features and benefits, or sorry, the benefits of the product 
have become a headline rather than actually making something, um, creating a headline that's of real interest to your customers. There's maybe no clarity of purpose. That's another one. So maybe the purpose isn't defined, but also maybe there's just a lack of clarity there as well. There's no obvious goal. Copy is dense. It's confusing. And this manifests as things like too much technical language, too much jargon, an inappropriately high reading level for the target audience, um, a total lack of plain language use, or um, complete zero focus on second person pronouns, which is you. Um, there's maybe an unclear value proposition or tone. There is no visible user problem being solved. If I've shown up to your website, I'm either looking to be educated or entertained in some way, potentially. And the messaging there might just take too long to absorb. So a lot of the time, this is also because of um, complete failure to consider the user experience of your website. There are too many obstacles to conversion. And this is going to lead to problems like, I can't find your call to action, so I don't know where to interact with you. Your hyperlinks are broken, so I don't know where to go to get the information that I do need. And I have a very short consideration span because I am a consumer living in the modern world. And I'm not going to kick around on the website for fun if I can go somewhere else and find the information that I'm looking for because my time is precious. And things like high bounce rates, spending minimal time on the website, complete loss of conversion, these are all additional symptoms of an inconsistent brand. And the, the reason that this is such a concern is because websites are often one of the first touch points of engagement that we have with a company. And the same is true of social media platforms as well. If I go from your LinkedIn to your website and I'm seeing a difference in messaging, I am either going to think that you're not legit because also there are lots of scammers and hackers and sort of ne'er-do-well ne folk who lurk about on the internet. Um, we all look for consistency in emails, whether we realize it or not. I, if I get an email from HMRC and it looks great, I'll always be checking the email sender to see if it's actually legit. Legitimacy of your brand is a crucial thing to think about in the modern world, especially in the digital world we live in now. So we need to think about the granular language issues. Um, I will put in the show notes a link to a great story about how one um, there was an email sent from St. Andrews University to, uh, or actually he's only been hacked by um, a Russian individual um, who was targeting someone in the university's, um, I think it was their counterterrorism master's unit. And they had sent out an email saying, I hope this finds you well, not knowing that the dean of the university had banned such phrases from emails um, in the past. And it was one of the things that they were able to flag to show that this was not a web, this is not an email that had come from a trusted source. And speaking of trusted sources, there's, there's also a lot to be considered from a branding perspective about the fact that something like, I think I mentioned this in the first episode, um, I think around 89% of emails that go from a B2B business come from the business name itself, not from a person. Business is, is a human-to-human -human interaction. It needs to be human-focused at how it engages other people. And at the moment, we're not consistently communicating or the people people aren't empowered to communicate consistently so what do we do then from from that how do we solve this it's all very well and good to talk about the problem but how do we solve these issues and one of the first things to do is to consider where there might be a mismatch inside yourself individually i know that my son can you to bear with me on this one is that when we have um, inconsistency in uh, what we believe about our brand and what we hold to be true inside us, there will be a mismatch in the things that we say about that brand. And, and this brings us on to an employee engagement issue that we'll, we will get to in further episodes, future episodes rather. But 
what that can look like is that say you're the founder of a business, you're the owner and founder of a business, and you've written your website copy, largely speaking, and you you want to be known as being someone who prizes or whose products are luxurious and they are difficult to access because they're exclusive and they're premium. And you might have that conscious concept of your business. And non-consciously or subconsciously, you've written copy that when you look at it from a linguistic perspective, maybe 28% of the website words that you're using on your website um, actually indicate being mass market and affordable. Now, not that there's any moral value attached to either of those things, but the fact that there is there is a mismatch in your interpretation of your brand means that creating a very deliberate and metalinguistic, which is to talk about how you talk about something. So you need to talk about how you talk about the business. You need to talk about how do we communicate this brand, not just how do we communicate it in terms of how we look on our tone of voice. What are the core values that we want to be sharing? And what do those values mean for us? Because I would imagine that my version of success is probably very different to yours. And we will get onto that in our workshop episode, which I think is episode four. But the the importance of thinking about how do I make these values meaningful? You can't just do it with a plain old tone of voice document. You've got to really get into the granularity of your language. What am I really believing about this business? How can I share my passion for what's going on as a marketer, as a communicator, an internal communications expert? How can I communicate what this brand really stands for? And how can I get everybody on site to do that? These are some of the really big questions that we need to be asking ourselves, because that is the only way that we can combat branding consistency is to to kind of cumulatively and collectively create meaning around what we stand for and then agree on how we communicate that consistently. So just thinking about symptoms for this episode and would really love to know if this has sparked any thoughts that you have. What branding, what branding do you see that's been done really, really well? What companies do you love who have absolutely nailed it with their branding? Who has created trust in your mind through consistency? And conversely, where have you seen brands let themselves down? Where have you seen companies not follow through? Um, we want to know what who is excelling in your eyes? And maybe shout them out in the next episode and we'll have a look at what are some of the things they've done? What are some of the language and linguistic nuances that they are employing that make them feel different? Let's talk about that next week. Um, but I would love to know what your thoughts are. Do you have any considerations here? Is there anything that I've missed? Anything that you would add? Let me know. Contact details, as always, are in the show notes. And I cannot wait to hear what you think. I hope you have the best rest of your day. This has been episode two of the Next Level Communications podcast. I am still Eloise Leeson and you are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Speak soon.